What is up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Play Games Have Fun. I am your host, Chris Jardine, a.k.a. Snaggle J. Uh, as always, I appreciate you listening slash watching if you're on our website, anchor.fm slash playgameshavefun. If you're watching on youtube.com slash snaggle J, or if you're listening in your podcast app of choice on Android or iOS, I greatly appreciate you. I hope you are all staying warm as I am recording this. Uh, the current wind chill in my location is minus 42 Celsius, which is in American freaking cold. Um, and in a way to try to warm myself up today, we're going to talk about MLB The Show 23. Uh, because we're, get, we're, we're getting there. Uh, we have a cover athlete. We have a... Um, special collector's edition cover athlete or deluxe edition, depending on how you want to look at it. Our long national nightmare is over with Derek Jeter being involved. So we're going to talk a little bit about MLB The Show 23 today, some of my expectations, some of the things I'd like to see as we get ready. It's February. Pitchers and catchers report in like a week and a half. Um, and hopefully... A little bit of uh, talking about baseball will uh, will warm us all up on this cold, cold winter day. So, uh, in typical SDS fashion, you know, we've been sort of getting information later and later in the cycle. You know, last year, was it last year or the year before, they moved back the release date from like mid-March to, um, you know, towards the end. And so that kind of meant the trickle of information was a little, little slower. You know, we got the, the cover reveal a few weeks ago. Um, you know, they teased it with these very, what's the word I'm looking for? Psychedelic images. A lot of people immediately thought, oh, it's Jazz Chisholm. Um, they had sort of started the relationship with Jazz Chisholm last year. They did the whole video package thing where he came out to the studios and they did his own, uh, his real 99 card, as they call them. Uh, the exclusive cards that only the actual real player gets to use in the game. Um, and immediately when people started seeing the funky imagery, they were like, oh, it's Jazz. And it turns out the cover athlete for MLB The Show 23 is Jazz Chisholm, which is, I've been very open and honest that I do not care who's on the cover of the game. It makes no difference to me. I don't buy the physical version of the game. I have not for nine years. Uh, I'm not going to start now. Um, yes, Jazz Chisholm will be on my little icon on my screen. I don't care. It is irrelevant to me. Um, it, I, I see people on Twitter who are like all upset that it was Jazz and not insert favorite player here. But like, I'm more concerned about the game and what's going to change in the game and improvements are going to make than who's going to be on the damn cover that I'm not going to buy. Um, then on Fallon... <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show, Derek Jeter announced uh, that he will be on the cover of the Captain's Edition, as it's called, which is the physical version that includes the hat. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. The hat's ugly. Um, I see a lot of people who love the hat. That's fine. If you love it, that's cool. I think it's ugly. I wouldn't buy it anyway because it's a snapback, but I don't like it. I don't like the cream-colored top. But... The meme of Derek Jeter being on the cover of the game is 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 over now because he's on the cover of the Captain's Edition. Uh, again, met with a lot of negativity slash positivity and skepticism because, you know, 
people talk about Jeter's defense and stuff like as if it's not a you know video game where they're just going to give Jeter awesome stats. I mean, we had an Elvis Andrus card that was 99. Like they'll make Jeter be able to play defense. That's not a concern. So now that we've got that stuff out of the way, you know, we're on the road to release. We're going to have the streams coming up, the feature premieres as they like to call them. And now we're getting into the nitty gritty of what is this game going to have? What sort of improvements are we going to see? Um, I'll be honest. I was down a lot on the MLB The Show series. I think 20 and 21 for me were downers. And I don't think it was necessarily 100% the game's fault. I think some of it was self-inflicted. I think with 21 especially, I really wanted to, you know, go hard in the Diamond Dynasty and just just try to do everything. And given how much there was to do, that I got burnt out and I shut down and I just stopped. And I've said before, one of the things that I really enjoyed about 22 was that I played it the way I wanted to. Um, I only collected J's and Expo's affiliated cards. Uh, and obviously like cards that I, you know, that I got through programs, stuff that I couldn't sell or whatever. But my focus was J's and Expo's. And that immediately, you know instituted some a different layer of fun for me because I could really target guys that I wanted. And if there was a week where nothing came out and, you know, I was going to be away camping or had other engagements, I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed that I was missing out on a bunch of stuff because there was nobody that I needed that week. And again, I know, you know, there's people out there who, who, who they're, they're the grinders and they want everything and they want every card and that's fine. I, I'm not going to be playing the game that way. Um, you know, I've been looking at how I want to approach 23. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to do something similar. I think I'm going to be a little more, uh, active with, within the game, but like, here's the thing. And and I've said this many times, Diamond Dynasty is the most free to play friendly. That's a mouthful. Free to play friendly card collecting mode that exists. It's not close. NBA, NHL, Madden, OOTP, none of them come anywhere near close to Diamond Dynasty for what you can get for Grind 99. Again, I got I, I did not spend a dime on this game other than buying the deluxe edition and I got every card that I wanted through the whole cycle with the exception of Josh Donaldson because I could not complete the extreme program. Because I suck at the game. So, you know, I, I've been looking at, well, if, as somebody who would consider themselves more of a casual to mid-level user, what are some of the things that I would like to see in Diamond Dynasty um, that I would like to see improve for MLB The Show 23? I'm not going to go down the franchise rabbit hole because, first of all, my expectations for changes they're making to franchise mode are zero. Zero. Um, I know there was a whole big conversation about March to October and franchise and linking the two and stuff last year. My expectations for what will change in the franchise-based mode in this game are nothing. I have no expectations. So any change will exceed my expectations. I did not play one game of franchise in MLB The Show 22. 
If I want to play a baseball franchise, I'm going to play OOTP, and that's just how it is. Um, because I could do everything in that game that I want to do out of a franchise mode. The management, the drafting, the building my team. The only thing I can't do is pick up the controller and play. And I can do that in MLB The Show in like four other modes. I do play March to October. I did complete March to October three times. Um, but a lot of those times it was because I also wanted the XP benefits um, within Diamond Dice that you get. And I love March to October. I think it's fun. I would love for them to sort of meld franchise and March to October together somehow. Um, but again, my expectations for franchise is nothing. So anything they do to franchise will exceed it. And that's that. I, I'm not getting down the whole fixed franchise mode rabbit hole. Um, because honestly, I you know, I'm at the point where this movement, and I completely am on board with it and I understand it, but this movement only makes me mad. Because I've you know, I've played franchise modes in video games since it existed. I used to document them on a I would I would just keep my notebook around back in the uh um, sports talk baseball Genesis days, I would keep track of stats in a notebook or do a tang or whatever until the stat tracking got better in games. Even back to baseball stars, which did keep track of uh, rudimentary things like average and home runs and RBIs. Um, so, th you know, this some of my favorite video game moments ever are related to franchise mode. But... I'm at the point where I don't think the mountain is going to come to me. I need to go to the mountain. So if I want to play a franchise mode, I go to the games that give it to me. Like OOTP, like NBA 2K, whose who's my era stuff is an absolutely amazing invention. Invention. Addition. Um, NHL still has a very good franchise mode. The custom leagues feature this year was cool. Uh, I really enjoyed that. So I'm at the point now where if I want to play a franchise mode, I go to where the franchise modes are. I've given up the expectations of game companies bringing it to me because I just don't think it's going to happen. So a lot of where my focus has been in terms of stuff I would like to see change, stuff I would like to see different, has been related to Diamond Dynasty because that's where I've spent 95% of my time in 22 and, you know, I think there's a lot of, there was a lot of things done differently in 22 that I seem to disagree with, with a lot of people that listen to this show, participate in my discord, follow me on Twitter. A lot of people I associate with hated the removal of team affinities. I liked it. I liked the consolidation of content into feature programs and other programs, both of which have a similar sort of vein to them. Um, I liked a lot of the things they did with um, how those things were kind of wielded together and how you could, you know, complete this and complete that. And my, you know, one of my bigger things and the first sort of point I'm looking at for what changes with 23 is I want to see them take more chances with content. I think 
The one thing that I would say that the 22 model has the possibility of doing if they continue with it in 23 is it's stale. You know every time there's a program, there's going to be X amount of moments. There's going to be six divisional collections. There's going to be some uh, previous other program rewards you can lock in for XP. And then you're going to have a showdown and a conquest at some point. I'd like, you know, we're going to get Griffey Week. We're going to get postseason guys. We're going to get this and that. I would like to see them take more chances. And one of the things that lead me to believe this might happen is you've seen in the later part of 2022, Sony San Diego moving to add new people to their team from the community. Um, and, and I like to see that. As somebody who spent four years planning content for a baseball video game as a one-man operation, um, anytime you can bring in new ideas, whether it be from the community, whether it be from other people on the team, whether it be from a fresh body who, who reaches out to you and says, hey, I think this would be really cool. It get, At the very, very least, those ideas aren't always viable at face value, but it gets your mind going. So I think, you know, so, Sony's in this place where I think they have a really good structure of how these programs can work, but I want to see them take more chances. The, the biggest thing is you can always take the safe road and the safe cards and the safe programs and not a lot of people are going to complain. But nothing ventured, nothing gained. So if if you don't take those chances, you're not going to learn what sticks to the wall and what works and what can be a really cool, fun, engaging program for people. So I'm okay. If you take a chance and a program flops, so what? sure, it's a short-term pain, but you learn from it as a, as a development group and you say, hey, okay, let's not do that again. But we could do something similar and here's the things we need to change to make it work. So I'd like to see them take more chances with content and have it, things be a little less cookie cutter. Um, again, especially if we're going to stick to this sort of consolidated programs way. Some of the chances I'd like to see, listen, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I would like to see more non-live cards in packs. Um, I think packs in MLB The Show, Diamond Dynasty, are the most pointless thing in the world. First of all, you're not all of the base packs are only getting live cards, which again, in the early part of the game is fine. But I think once you move on to the season and a lot of your... 1% users who have the live co collection complete within the first two weeks, packs are useless to them. And because you give out packs, so many of them through the programs, I would like to see exclusive packs in the store that feature flashbacks. And, and again, we saw this year with the chase packs. Again, and there was only, what, five chase cards, I think, through the whole year, maybe six. Um, I'd like to see more of that. Let's have some, and again, I know that that leans it more towards the, the pay to win stuff, but stubs are not hard to come by in this game at all. Again, I, I didn't spend a single dime after the launch of the game, and I would routinely have five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand stubs at any given time. Um, I'd like to see more, I'd like to see more timed exclusive packs that feature non-live cards. Um, 
I'm thinking like, again, like an expanded version of the chase pack program. I think that would be cool. Again, that goes to your more taking chances with content. Um, I want, I want to see more new legends. I think the new legend offering while as a Jays fan last year, the new legend offering was great with Delgado and Halliday, but the new legend, they're just not enough. And I know it's a licensing thing and I know that's more of a business decision, but again, part of taking chances with your content and improving your content program is introducing new elements. And part of new elements is introducing new players, more mid tier to upper tier legends. We don't always need, and again, I have to say positive signs of that already, because again, we have Derek Jeter as the the captain's edition cover athlete. So right off the bat, new legend. So let's get, I would like to see twice as many new legends this year. New legends are fun. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll, we might see a uptick in the number of new legends this year, um, just based on that trend. And I think that would be, again, a very positive thing. Another thing I would like to see them take more chances in relation to content is the supercharged program. So supercharged, for those of you who are maybe a little foggy, maybe quit out on Diamond Dynasty, or the supercharged program would be live cards would receive timed boosts based on their performance in real life. So a guy hits three home runs, he gets a supercharged card, his ratings go up for 48 hours. I want to see, first of all, I want to see the supercharged and the tops now programs merge together because I think they're sort of the same thing. Supercharged is based on, you know, a streak or a game or something. Tops now is more your players of the week, but I do think there's the possibility to combine those two programs together and kind of make those work in conjunction with one another. Obviously, the biggest thing with supercharged right out the bat is that I need them to be more consistent. For the months of July and August, it's like they forgot Supercharged was a thing. Um, we got some early, and then for like two months, it just disappeared. Like it didn't exist anymore. And I think they kind of recognize that, and we got a lot of Supercharged in September and the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see them find a way to merge it with the Tops Now. I would also like to see a way for us to be able to lock in the supercharged ratings, which I think means they would have to be a little less aggressive on the ratings. But imagine, for example, um, Bo Bichette has a five-hit game, and his, uh, his contact versus lefty contact versus righty gets a plus 10. I think... For that 48 hours, if you have a mission specific to Bo for those 48 hours, which promotes people using different cards, to say, hey, if you can get 15 hits with Bo in online games in the 48 hours, you will lock a permanent plus two to both his contact lefty, contact righty. Cool. I like that. Again, the cool thing about the supercharged program was it, it, it promoted the use of different cards. If you find a way to lock it, I don't, I don't need the plus 10 to be locked in. Um, I think that's a little aggressive, but if you let me lock in the plus two, now you're creating additional deviations within the roster set, right? Because maybe that plus two for Bo makes the difference between me playing him and playing another meta shortstop at the time. And I know this is a, this is a way out of the sky pipe dream sort of thing that I don't think will happen. 
Again, I think you can tie it into the tops now in a certain way. Um, because again, you know, tops now we usually get uh, every week. Uh, there's a bunch of moments. There's four or five cards. There's always the tops now uh, monthly programs to do. So I feel like you could somehow tie the supercharge and the tops now together um, to help you unlock certain attribute boosts. Speaking of attribute boosts, let's talk about parallels. I think the parallel program is awesome. I also think it has one major flaw within that it doesn't create any decision for the user. I would love if the parallel program was, hey, okay, you unlock parallel one on a card, which again, currently gives you plus one across the board to everything. What if you unlock parallel one and you got to, for a hitter, for example, you got to choose between contact, power, the intangibles, so like vision, discipline, and whatnot, speed, and defense to add those plus ones to. So you pick contact. Then you, when you get to parallel two, okay, I'm going to dump the two points into power. Oh, I get parallel three. I'd like this guy to be a little better on defense. I'm going to give him the plus three there. And then when you get to the plus, you know, let's say maybe with the plus five, it gives you plus five across the board, or you still have the choice. Again, you're not losing what makes the parallel program cool, which is taking cards, grinding for them, locking them in. You know, a lot of people out there are on the one of one grind, um, but it's a fun added element to the game. And I also think, again, it makes different cards viable because when you get a guy to plus three, plus four, plus five, that might make the difference between him being on your bench and being in your bullpen or being on your bench and being your starting second baseman. So... If you add an element of choice to that, again, I'm always going to advocate for lineup variability. Give me more playable cards. And if I have the choice behind what I do with a guy, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, I think that would allow you know players to be, again, pitchers are the same thing. Do I want to put two points into velo, two points into control, uh, you know, two points into his per nines? It could make the difference between whether I use a guy or whether I don't. And I'm in control of that. I think that's the that's the key part. You're giving the user the control. It's much like how when you upgrade players in franchise in Madden, right? You have to choose, okay, I've upgraded this player. I've upgraded this running back. Do I want to put the points into his power back, receiving back, elusive back? And I got to, you know, it makes a difference because if I put, dump them all into the same one every time and ignore the others, well, now I've created sort of a one or two dimensional guy. Um, so I think that would be cool. I think that would be a lot of fun. Some of the mode improvements I would like to see. Um, I, this is one I've advocated for from the very beginning. I'd love to see nine inning mini seasons. Um, I, I got into a conversation with people on Twitter. I do not want them to remove three inning mini seasons. Let me be very clear about that. I think mini seasons was a cool addition. If anything, it got a bit stale, but it was my primary method of play in 22, but I would love mini seasons to be, have a nine inning version. I want to play full nine inning games with my squad to help grind. And I don't want to do it in just play versus CPU. I want to do it so that I can accumulate wins. Obviously you're going to have to prorate the rewards differently, or maybe have a 14 game season instead of a 28 game season or whatever. 
But nine inning mini seasons to me would be the, the at the very top of my list. Um, number one with a bullet, not close. Um, that's the one I would love to see. Nine inning mini seasons, I think. Again, for me, I still sort of when I really want to play a full game with my full roster, I, I gravitate towards place versus CPU, which gives me nothing. Um, you know, other than you know the, the additional XP, I, I want to play a full game offline. And again, I think the mini seasons edition was cool. I liked that there was rewards, there was challenges, it was fun. The 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 you know the it would expose you to different cards playing on the CPU teams. Just give me a nine inning version of that. Give me a nine inning version of exactly what it was. Uh, I would say maybe refresh the rewards a little more consistently, um, like every month, but. That's being nitpicky. Give me the nine inning version first. The other mode like improvement I would like to see um, is to events. And I really think they need to go back to the drawing board with what events are and really start looking at it as more of a house rules experience, much like Madden does with house rules. Let's get crazy. I think events have become, you know, events at this point are basically regular games where you, the only thing that change are the roster requirements, the innings, and the difficulty. That's it. AL hitters, NL pitchers, uh, three inning games on legend. Uh, and then they might say like, you know, there might be a overall requirement for the hitters and pitchers, you know, moonshot, which they ran. 714 times, I believe, as I check my notes. Yeah, 714 times they ran Moonshot last year. Let's get crazy. Let's make events, like, wild. Like, make make home runs worth two runs. Um, plus a run for every man on base. Um, if you strike out the side, it's plus a run for your team or minus a run for the other team. If you ground into a double play, it's minus a run. Let's get crazy and, and really make events more of a... Again, the gameplay will be similar, but let's make the rules a arcade environment. Again, I think events would be a lot more appealing for the... Again, there's people who are always going to grind events because, again, the rewards. Uh, and, you know, again, it's something you can play towards instead of pay towards, which is fine. For me, I don't play the events. I wait until the next event and the rewind pack comes out and the, all the cards plummet to 8K. But if you gave me an environment where things were crazy, you know, again, home runs are worth two. Um, you know, strike out the side is minus a run for the other team. Granted to a double play is minus a run. Um, start every inning with the bases loaded. Like, again, you could get nuts and I think that would be a lot of fun and really draw a lot of people into playing it because when you get into those house rules style of mode anything can happen I think you're not saying we need to close the skill gap because I think the skill gap is more for your ranked seasons um sort of environment um have fun with events go crazy Turn it into a, a weird baseball playground. I think people would absolutely eat that up and love it if they did it. Two other things I want to talk about real quick for Diamond Dynasty. Um, 
One of them is more of a UI issue. Um, for the love of God, when I go to the program screen, give me the right bumper button to go to where my current level is, please. Especially when the program has 60, 80 levels. Um, let When I go in there, give me RB or R1 for PlayStation goes to my current level. For the love of God, please. Please. Uh, I also think from a UI UX standpoint, they need to rethink the lineup screen. I just don't think it's very intuitive. Um, it's the same lineup screen they've had for a few years. I just think it needs some retooling. I'd almost like to see my lineup spread across the bottom. And then like, if, if I highlight second base, give me a little, uh, much like you see in like Madden or NBA. If I highlight second base, give me a little feed window in like the upper right corner that shows like some of the best cards I have. Don't make me click on it to go see what I have and then come back when I realize I don't have anything better. Um... I'd like to see a new kind of lineup window, something with a little more uh, intuitiveness to it, a little more information on there. Uh, last but not least, and this is the one, and I, and I maybe should have got this one out of the way at the beginning, but I, I buried it and saved it for the end. They got to do something about hitting. Now, you'll hear a lot of the people who talk about hitting are your more experienced people. Your, 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 your your creators, your people who are competitive. I'm a casual-ish player telling you that hitting needs to be fixed. Um, the I think it is ridiculous. Again, I completely agree with the sentiment when Ramon comes on the stream and says hitting was working as intended. I I, I believe it. The problem is your intentions are wrong. Being able to foul off balls at my eyes consistently, in the dirt consistently, you know, fouling off 30, 40 pitches a game that have no business being foul balls. Um, you know, I, I don't disagree with, you know, some of the perfect perfects being outs and stuff because that's baseball. But a simple fix would just be to decrease the size of the PCI by 30 to 40% and make people earn it. Um, as a casual player, again, I'm probably in the minority when I say I'd rather it be representative a little bit better of actual baseball than what we currently have. Um, pitching is useless in this game because again, you're, you're just, you can foul off everything. Every game turns into a, who can foul off more pitches till you get a meatball. Um, I'd like to see the strike zone be actually called what the strike zone is in the rule books, where as long as it touches the rectangle of the strike zone, it's a strike. That's the goddamn rules of baseball. It doesn't have to be in the square completely. If you touch the plate, it's a strike. So I think just, just those two small changes. Decrease the default size of the PCI call the strike zone as it actually is in baseball. I think you make the game better for everybody. You add a little bit of skill required to be able to hit better, which again, I'm fine with as a casual, I want to grind and get better at the game. Like don't spoon feed me being able to foul off 35 pitches a game. I don't want that. It's not fun. 
I know, and again, I believe it when they say it's working as intended, but you intended incorrectly. The intentions were wrong. You tried to make hitting be a one size fits all. Everybody can get good at it approach. And it's just, it's not fun. It, it, it adds so much frustration to the game because you can't get anybody out. <laughs> it's really difficult. So I think again, just two small tweaks, expand the strike zone to be the actual rule book strike zone, not necessarily up and down, but on the left and right hand sides, especially, um, and make the PCI a, a 30% smaller, 40% smaller, forties might be pushing it. 25 to 30% smaller, I think it'd be great. Um, I think, and again, here's where I get a little concerned, is I completely understand you want us, if you had to go start it out being too hard and then move it to the middle or too easy and move it to the middle, you want to go the easy road. Because again, if you make it too hard, you are going to lose casual players. But you made it too easy and frustrating and then doubled down every single stream by saying it was working as intended. Like, it's not. That's, again, it's working as you intended. That's not baseball. It's not. I think you have to make it, you have to increase the degree of difficulty in the learning curve a slight amount to make it work. That's just me. Um, It is what it is. Uh, again, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, uh, and that's fine. Uh, feel free to go record your own podcast and and talk about it. That's just where I'm at, I think. Anyway, so those are a lot of my thoughts as we head into MLB The Show 23. Um, I'm excited. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I really refound my love of the show last year. Uh, I've still been playing it as recently as a, as a week ago. Uh, kind of, I've kind of shut it down now because there's not a whole lot left to do, and and uh, I've been playing some other stuff. But I'm really excited for 23. What are you excited for the most in 23? And who would you love to see on the new legend list? Jump down in the comments if you're watching on YouTube and let me know. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, you can reach out to me on Twitter, Twitter.com/snagglej, and let me know. Uh, again, I greatly appreciate all of you for listening to this episode of Play Games Have Fun. Uh, if you're listening at anchor.fm slash playgameshavefun, your podcast app of choice on Android or iOS or youtube.com slash snagglej. Snaggle loves you. Uh, and until next time, peace.